If you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animate chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary. And add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. I'm a nerd overdrive. I will always survive. Listen up, fanboys! This is the Fanboy Planet Podcast, and here's your host, Derek McCaw! Wow, it feels like we just stepped back in time, and I realize that's one of the reasons why we kind of stopped that, was that we didn't have Nate. This is Derek McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and we are podcasting on Wednesday, April 12th at about 7.30. I think we're up to date with the news, but you know, don't hold us to that. Uh, and of course, very excited that after I don't know how many months, we finally managed to make the schedules align. And we have our man in Los Angeles. Five day Costa. And of course, producing from the Brett Cave. Rick Brett Snyder. That's right. Actually, of course, this is one of those nights. It's, it's a three-way Skype. Uh, so I'm also a man in Los Angeles tonight. In a different part of Los Angeles. And Nate, we are so, so happy to have you back. I'm uh, happy to be here, gentlemen. Yes, indeed. Of course, just want to mention you can find us on iTunes and Google Play. And of course, uh, you can, if there's something we talk about on tonight's show that you would like for your very self and you cannot find it at your local brick and mortar store, you can use the handy dandy Amazon link on Fanboy Planet, where each and every podcast has its own page. Uh, with occasionally direct links to items we talked about. Uh, and, of course, if you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. If at any point tonight you find yourself screaming at your device that you know the answer that we are blanking on, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com, which is also good for PayPal donations. Thanks. All right, so we got some comics news, some movie news, some TV news tonight. Uh, and it's been a few weeks. Uh, I just want to catch up that uh, you know Rick has just returned from a long ocean voyage. Yes. And I don't even recognize him. He's all salty and <laughs> scraggly. And actually, I don't know because I haven't seen a photo. Other than the last photo I think I saw of you, there was a manta ray on your back. Yes, there was. And I felt it was like that episode of Star Trek. Yes, it was. <laughs> Hello, my name is Manta. And, oh, uh, no, isn't it, wasn't it the, the, the pain? Isn't that right. the cause right. of pain? Anyway, so uh, Rick Bretschneider is secretly Jim Kirk's little brother, uh, George. So anyway, uh, welcome back, Rick. Welcome back, Nate. Very excited. And let's talk about our top story tonight, which is that last week the Hugo Award nominations came out. And Rick, you're going to be a better background on this than I am, but how many years have they had a basically comics slash graphic novel category. Oh my, uh, I can't speak definitively that it's been at least a decade, but, uh, okay. But it was something 
I mean, in the long history of the right. Hugo's, basically fairly new. The Hugo Awards are always adding every 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 city that hosts the Hugo Awards can add a category to the Hugo Awards that can be unique for just theirs. And then there's a long uh, process of voting and among the memberships of the years to make certain categories permanent. Uh, Fancast was one of those, and uh, Comics was way before. I mean, I'm not sure where this is. There's... So for Worldcon 2018, could we convince them to create a, a nominate, you know, an award for Best Fanboy Planet podcast episode? Well, I know people, but I don't think we can. Okay, I thought it was, worth, it. it was worth a shot. We just, you know, I just, I, 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 at this point, just want one rocket ship. Um, so anyway, okay. <laughs> uh, so let, let's talk about the nominate, the comics nomination. We should say they're going to be, uh, uh, the actual winners will be announced this summer in Helsinki, Finland at Worldcon 75, right? I lost my numbering. Um Yes, 2017. I know that. And then Worldcon 76, Six. as we were saying, is uh, is is in San Jose in 2018, and I believe memberships are still available for that. Oh yes, uh, I'm very excited by this because actually uh, two things that I put when uh, because I'm a member, I bought a membership for 2018, was able to put in nominations. Two of the things I nominated are on this nominee list. I'm not saying I have anything to do with it. It's just like, oh, good. I, I have similar tastes with the crowd. Um, so let's take, take a look at this. Uh, and if I will, we know about it. Um, Black Panther, Volume 1, A Nation Under Our Feet, written by Ta-Nehisi Coates and with art by Brian Stelfreeze, is uh, the first nomination. I think that has sold very well for Marvel. It is an interesting take on Black Panther, and with a movie coming, I haven't heard much news on the movie lately. But with a movie coming, you know, it's I'm good very time. excited for that film. But how about the book? Have you read it? I have. No, I I can't say I've read any Marvel books other <laughs> than a Totally Awesome Hulk and Amazing Spider-Man because those are the only two books that I will never drop. No matter how crappy they get. <laughs> okay, well, that's good. Only uh, speaking for Totally Awesome Hulk at that point, because really I haven't read any Amazing Spider-Man since it renumbered. So I have one through the, 26 sitting there waiting for me. They're both in solid books. They're both in solid books. Uh, all you know, on. I really like Amazing Spider-Man, but I will say that um, my son has said he doesn't like reading Peter Parker in that kind of... It's just interesting. He wants Peter Parker to be the old, old way, the one yeah. with the Parker luck and not the time. And I thought, well, it's interesting. I mean, that's, you know, well, he still has the Parker luck. He's just, he just got one bit of lucky in that he, he formed a company that made him a lot of money. Well, let's be fair. That's not luck. That was skill and knowledge. He yeah. Finally He's a genius. And He's it, a genius. And it was working with a bunch of really good people too, for a long period of yeah. time. And, he probably has to stack a little bit of that up to the superior Spider-Man stepping Spider -Man. up for a while. <laughs> I was going to say, Otto Octavius. Yeah. But let's get back to Black Panther. I, um, I read it. I, I actually didn't finish probably all of what Volume 1 was. I mean, it was it was well-written, but it wasn't... It was... There was a lot of um, spirituality, and I, I mean that from the more 
uh, non-scientific way uh, that was kind of in it. Uh, and it was a really talky book. Um, so I was, I, I was bored. So I let it go. Sorry. I've always loved Black Panther back to both, both of the Kirby runs and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I read, uh, just because I've fallen behind on so many things. I know I read the first three issues. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, what I think was interesting about Black Panther is the, like everything else Marvel does is huge spinoffs because there's also Black Panther, the world of Wakanda. And then there's the crew is coming back. The crew came out today. Like, okay. I, I, I passed it up. Yeah. Um, but not because I have anything against, against the crew. Just it, it's at a point, it's another one of those moments where I'm looking at what I'm buying each week and going again with how behind I am on stuff. You know, do I need this book? Is it something that you know immediately grabs me? Um, I do think that uh, I, I love Tana Hesey Coates as a writer, mm-hmm. and um, although I, I would, I think I would agree with what I think you're saying is there's also a learning curve for Tana Hesey Coates in writing this book. Yeah, I, I would read uh, the sidelines that would be presented issue after issue, and I felt like I really didn't study hard enough in the prior book to understand where they were in this book. And it just got worse and worse. So, you know, it wasn't what I was looking for. And the, the world of Watanka, I, I was one and done on that Wakanda. one. Wakanda. Uh, Watanka. 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 Watanka toys. Went dance, you went with <laughs> dances with wolves for a moment. Yeah. Watanka. Watanka. <laughs> and, and, and the uh, dances with wolves, which led to a wonderful WWF wrestler. <laughs> Really? Oh yeah, there was there was a Native American wrestler named Tatanka. Uh, ah, okay. There you go. Well, the crew came. <laughs> yeah, the, the crew came out today, and the reason I I didn't pick that up is it just seemed like I can't imagine these people getting together on a regular basis, given all the other um, books that they're in. It's 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 bad enough. They've gotten rid of the Wolverine thing, where he's in every super group and every magazine but mm-hmm. uh i mean it just it just struck me as this is a bit of a stretch to get all the african-american or african uh african descended uh superheroes into one book so yeah yeah well so i'm looking forward i, I have looking, i have no opinion on it you know it's like good if it sells fantastic yeah i hope so yeah I wish Marvel all the luck in the world, right? Um, the second nominee uh, is one that I, I keep meaning to pick this up because everybody tells me how great it is that I, when I talk to them about it. Monstrous, Volume 1, uh, written by Marjorie Liu and illustrated by Asana Takeda. Uh, it's an image book. I mean, let's point out, out of one, two, three, out of, out of six nominees, three are Marvel and... Yeah, and three your image. It's like they just went back and forth. Oh, poor DC. Um, better luck next year. Um, but anyway, monstrous, which I honestly I don't know anything about, other than people keep telling me how good it is. Yeah, it's it's uh, I've looked at it. It's it's kind of like a it's a very Art Deco kind of book. Um, mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, there I think there's an image or a boom book. The title, title, which is is very similar, and which is, the other one's a rip off on uh, on uh, Vampirella. Um, 
or it's you know horror anthology kind of thing but this this is definitely not so if if you feel like you're picking up an old ec comic you've got the wrong book i think monstrous i think you're right the art deco look um is definitely there and i think that's what has kind of attracted me when i see it on on the stands but i think by the time i started becoming aware of it on the stands it was already you know four or five issues in yeah so i'm looking for the trade it's on my list of next thing that i'll you know if i can remember when i'm walking to the store and go, i need this trade well, we yeah. should we should follow up and of- and note that if you become a member even a supporting member with no intent of actually attending the conference you be you're able to nominate and vote in hugo awards uh categories plus you receive the packet which is uh, um Mm-hmm. A number of books that are nominated, the publishers will decide whether or not they're going to give digital copies of those books to the members, to the voting membership of the Hugo Awards. And it's a great way to pick up books that you've never tried before and to vote right. responsibly. Right, but I, I will not because, uh, because I'm not attending 75. Right, you'd have to buy a supporting uh, membership in 75 could, to, to get these. I could nominate, but I'm not... But I'm not uh, Right. But I was not uh, able to uh, uh, not able to vote, so I, I don't think I'll get that packet, and that's okay because you know, really, with the state of comics, I want to support them by buying them. You know, so I mean, there sure. it is. I've I've bought all the issues that are in Black Panther. I bought uh, all the issues in the next nominee, which is Ms. Marvel Volume Five, uh, Super Famous, uh, written by G. Willow Wilson and illustrated by Takeshi Miyazawa, um, and I think that's great that that even in, in the volume five, people are loving this book still so much and that it's speaking so well. Um, it's one of my favorite books, uh, one of my favorite titles uh, out of Marvel, certainly. And she's, and, and Kamala Khan is uh, one of my favorite characters. So I'm just, uh, I'm pleased as punch by that one. Um, the next one too, I bought, oh my gosh, almost everything I have bought all of these um, <laughs> paper, except for monstrous. Paper Girls, Volume 1. Um, so uh, that's uh, written by Brian K. Vaughn and illustrated by Cliff Chang. Have you guys read Paper Girls? I have not. Really I have Issue 1, but I have not read it yet. It's about newspaper delivery girls in the 80s who get caught in like some kind of horrible time event. It takes over their town, so there's people from the future um, and... They uh, all deliver for this like small town newspaper, and uh, so it almost on the surface feels like it's supposed to be almost like a female version, like a newsboy legion. But they're caught in such a Brian K. Vaughn wonky, strange sci-fi story uh, that they, you know, that it just gets so bizarre. And I, I dare say I, Jack Kirby couldn't have even come up with it. Um, but it's also really deep. And uh, I think it's a it's a it's a great great book. So please see that. That's one I nominated. Saga, you know, um, all caught up on that. Nate should be happy. Volume six, uh, again written by Brian K. Vaughn and illustrated by Fiona Staples. I think every one uh, every every year since it's come out, it's been a nominee. I, I'm I'm I would think so. Hard pressed to think of a year it hasn't been. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So you know, we love that, and then. One that I freely admit, I was totally late to the party, and it's the Marvel Comics Unlimited app yep. that convinced me. I bought the first issue of The Vision, 
uh, and I didn't like it, but it showed up on the app, and I thought, okay, I'm going to read it again because people told me that that it was better. And I think what it was was I was just annoyed that you had the Vision in the Avengers, and there was a, in the movie Age of Ultron, and that there was a character that a bunch of people would come in wanting to read, and Marvel turns around and does this really dark story about the nature of you know, almost the vision soul. It's, it's um, as close as close to a, a, a vertigo book as Marvel's gotten, I think of taking a regular character and putting him into something like this. It, yeah. I think you could probably, I, I think that's a fair comparison. Yeah. It's um, it, it's dark. It's, it's sad. It, you know, and then it's weird to have gone, realized that his daughter Viv, you know, ends up in the champion, such an optimistic book. Yeah. With almost no reference. And, and even I would say, like, you know, if you were reading uh, the Mark Wade book, uh, Avengers book, that the vision was part of that team, you'd have no idea that this was going on. And I kind of like that, 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 that it did almost like carve out its own little corner and its own little story. And I don't even feel like it needed to connect to Marvel continuity. And I think we've said before, you know, or at least I have that the older I get, the less I want to read the continuity and the more I just want to read a good story about a character that I like or an interesting take on a character that I like. And, I, and this definitely is. I think it was also uh, a, a really good, uh, a new and fresh um, take on something that's been done many times, but not this way, which is the, the suburban lifestyle. And, it, you know, looking at, mm -hmm. looking at what makes, what the fam the suburban family is and how it how it integrates and works within the society um it was just an intriguing intriguing book i'm i i actually out of this list it's my pick to win i think i, I of what i know i mean it's it's the weirdest thing to say oh, you know it definitely is a superhero book it feels the hardest sci-fi and the most and I've been using this phrase a lot uh, lately, the most satirical in what satire really means. Mm -hmm. and, and instead of being, it's not funny, although there are some moments, but you know, it, it, it's, um, it really is holding a mirror up to, up to us. And, it's, and I, and I think that it finished up in volume two, maybe available as well. It's just, this is, you know, these were 2016. Yeah. I'm pretty books. sure it's, that's, that's concluding. So I think people, I, I think you could get the whole story. It's twelve issues, and Tom King has now moved over to uh, DC as a, as an exclusive writer. So it's kind of the it's a fantastic, let's uh, say last, you know, last vision. No pun really intended um, from King in the Marvel universe. So kind of an interesting, uh, you know, really book. So I, I this is the category I'm most most interested in because it's <laughs> as as often happens this and. Uh, the, the long form presentation and short form presentations, these are the nominees that oh I have I actually have a, like a, do, a a real valid opinion because when you get to novels and novellas and no way did I read any of those but when you get to the graphic novels it's like oh good I recognize these things and the TV series and the you know and the movies and go yay um, so let us turn to what's in the bag and I'm so excited we have Nate back to tell us what's in the bag. What's in the bag? What's in the bag? Tell us, Nate. What's in your bag today? Well, my bag today only contains two items. Okay. 
the first of which we discussed prior to recording Green Valley Issue 7. This is an image book under the Skybound imprint that somehow flew right under Derek's radar. <laughs> um, I think there was an ad for it either in Walking Dead or Invincible, which I read, I liked, and I said, I'll pick that up. And it was a good idea. Um, it's about these knights who are legendary because they win all the battles. There's only four of them. But they win all their battles. So all these uh, other villages come to these knights to protect them. And something happens where it's like, whoa, are these guys going to be able to handle this? And then it turns into a huge mystery sci-fi type of story. And written by Max Landis. Written right. by Max Landis. Who last year wrote Superman American Alien, and there it is, is a person whose public persona irritates the crap out of me, uh, and yet his writing, at least for comics, has been great. So that's why I'm disappointed that I missed it, but you know, it gets back to that the thing of like, uh, how many titles do you think actually came out today? And I know that stores don't carry every title, and not every store carries every title, because how can they? You know, so much comes out in a given day. And, uh, you know, the advantage for me of L.A. is that I, I only pick up three or four books because I have everything else on hold. At, the uh, art, art is by Giuseppe Camancoli. Probably butchering that guy's name. Probably, but I think I recognize the name and it's good art. And inked by Cliff Rathburn, who you may recognize from The Walking Dead. And maybe also Invincible? I don't remember. So, he's basically, he's a, a Skybound anchor. Well, hey, if Skybound keeps him, keeps him employed, that's great. He's great. Skybound is definitely a, a success story, but even occasionally a Skybound book will fall. But not the radar. Now, do we know, is this this is an ongoing, or is it a miniseries? Or? I think it's a miniseries. Let me double check. So, in the letters column, they made a comment about only two more issues, I believe. Let me double check here. Uh, yeah, we're two issues away from the end, and the pieces are in place. So, this was issue seven. So, I guess it's going to be a nine-issue Miniseries? Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Makes for a nice trade paperback. Yeah. Probably about twenty, twenty-five bucks. Uh, you know. So. Although, uh, if they do the normal Skybound intro price, it'll be nine ninety-nine. Yeah, but for nine comics, nine issues. I know. I, don't know. I, know, I know. Maybe fourteen. I don't, I don't want the, oh, fourteen. I totally worth it. Totally worth it. And of course, we're only hypothesizing. Rick, what's in your bag? Well, the first book in my bag is one of two, maybe three, depending on whether or not you and I intersect on anything, which are... I don't think we will. ...basically relaunches. And this is the relaunch that I've been uh, watching and loving what they've been doing. And this is uh, Action Comics number 977. It is The New World, Part 1, Superman Reborn, Aftermath. So here we have... All the disparate uh, 
parts of the Superman character and supporting cast and everything kind of reset and sideways from where it was before the new 52. And it's a breath of fresh air. I have been loving Superman. Even though it's old air. <laughs> it's 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 fresh air because they got rid of the fresh air when they put it they brought in the new right. 52. <laughs> I mean because really like after the last issue of action am I right because I haven't picked I, I haven't picked this up yet. Yeah. Um is that basically memories are getting rewritten. Yes. yes. And so reality is reshaping to this is the ultimate rebirth. Yeah. Really. Yeah. This is Finally. this is this is this is basically DC did a re rebirth the way they used to do rebirths you know back in the crises mm-hmm. um where from from the standpoint of everyone there uh it's the way it used to be as opposed to you know you, you can compare and contrast with jessica jones right now where she's had to deal with a guy who actually remembers the fact that the universe got blown up and uh and you know when everybody went off into different segments and stuff somehow this guy uh, had the psychosis mm-hmm. and uh there are there are very few of the heroes who remember this um mm-hmm. but uh but like i said it's superman he's back at the planet lois lane uh we didn't get rid of uh john kent uh he's still there uh and thank uh, heavens I'm, I'm just very happy because I'm, I'm, i gotta say i think it was the last last week my son was in the car reading I guess it was a Superman book last week um, with the deathless line from Damien that Batman doesn't eat pie, but um, that Luke, you know, now 13 giggling in the backseat at how much he loves the Jonathan Kent, Damien Wayne interaction. Right. Oh, and it's perfect. I mean, it's just like they are the only thing they have in common is, is their nearness of age. Uh, there is no you can't you can't point out well they both have black hair i think you can do that but there are there are no similarities between the two of them um which just makes it great yeah that was great great combination and i love that that's where the stories are going all right so um i'm gonna go let's see the mo- the one that's most likely to take you out and i don't i, I don't think it will okay. um is from valiant okay um Immortal Brothers, The Tale of the Green Knight. So it's a special from Valiant uh, involving uh, two of my favorite concepts from the original Valiant universe, uh, which is the Eternal Warrior and uh, Armstrong. Right. Uh, And uh, Archer is in this, Archer and Faith. um, And Archer is reading this story to Faith of uh, the classic uh, Arthurian tale of the green knight, but explaining that actually, uh, Sir Gawain was Gilad, the eternal warrior. And, uh, so recasting the story in the Valiant universe and it's with art by arts by Carrie Nord. It's written by Fred Van Lente, but, but art by Carrie Nord, who had done the dark horse Conan book years ago. And he's one of those guys I just love. And so again, I, I don't think I can, stress enough how every time I come back to a, to the Valiant universe and pick up a book uh, that they put out, these are some of the best-looking books on the market. And uh, and good value for the money and a really cool universe being built. So 
uh, I'm that's the first one on my title. Although the uh, the cover image is a little uh, a little graphic, gruesome, with the Green Knight having beheaded himself and holding his head in his hands. Oh, I think there that, are multiple uh, covers then. Oh, okay. I, and maybe that you know what that may be very well true. So, yeah, I, I, anyway. I I'm, there's there's a wraparound cover too that that looks to be the standard. But all right. So anyway. Uh, that's, that's mine. Nate, what was the second book in your bag? My second book is from legendary creator of the Max and co-creator of Sandman, Sam Keith, and the considerably less legendary creator of Chew, John Lehman. No, he's legendary to us. I know. I'm just reading the copy. He can actually, <laughs> I know, pull John. That was last week, but that's good. We didn't do one last week, so yes. From last ahead. week, Eleanor and the Egret. Yes. Uh, I, I had, and it's from Aftershock. I don't even know what Aftershock does. Aftershock's got a lot book. of a lot of titles. There's, uh, but they do. They tend to be uh, miniseries, okay. so they haven't done anything long. But we bought a few of their books. Um, we, uh, I think Rick has. I know that I have, uh, and so they. They're putting on some very interesting books. So tell us about yep. Eleanor and the Egret. Well, it's about Eleanor, who has an egret. <laughs> Are you wow. Gonna... <gasps> I feel like I'm talking to Layman directly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that book report, uh, Mr. Costa. <laughs> she's a, an art thief, and her egret is her pet, and it also talks to her. And nice. somehow they manage these heists. So it's I don't know we, we I don't know where it's just the first issue and they've kept it mysterious to say the least. Excellent. It opens. I did buy it. I haven't What's read that? It yet. I you did, did buy it. it. I haven't read it yet. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. I when I first saw it, I was like. First saw it, meaning I saw it on the internet because I only picked it up today. And I was like, "Oh, that's layman. I might pick it up." But then I didn't uh, write it down on my list of mm-hmm. comics to pick up. And then when I was standing in line today, I turned and right over my right shoulder, there it was. And I thought, "Well, it must mean I'm supposed to get it." Excellent, <laughs> excellent, cool. What's next in your in your bag, Rick? All right, so next in my bag, and there have been some times in the last couple of years where I just said, "Why do I buy these books? Why do I buy this? <laughs> Why do I buy this line of books? Because it's just like it's gotten so screwed up, and I, there's so many characters in it that I don't care about them anymore. And I'm just like, I open a book and I'm like, I don't know any of these characters. So I do. But, oh, you, you bought know. the new Casper, the friendly yeah, ghost. Then exactly. Okay. No, yeah. this is uh, X Men Blue. Which, uh, <laughs> which, which is, which is turning around, uh, back to, I think I have a, I suspect that they were having, they were having so many people going back and doing those, uh, X-Men 1980 books or whatever they were, uh, you know, the, the, the lost, mm-hmm. the lost Claremont years, you know, kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and the thing about those books is they, they had a core team of characters and those characters encountered things and dealt with them as a core team, not as a school, a university, 
a a sewer full of uh, all these var- various mutants, but you had a firm team that you got to enjoy and watch the interactions and and the writers could actually develop characters a bit more because they were established and you've got you've had things going on in the marvel universe in the past couple years with the death of scott summers and the death of a professor xavier and the kind of integration of the all-new x-men all-new x-men which is always weird because of the old x-men brought forward in time Um, i know it's all a mess uh but so you have the x-men blue which is really like x-men of the x-men um all new X-Men plus a couple of other characters thrown in, but people we know and some, some villains that I just, I can't get enough of. Uh, I'm really happy with where this has gone. I've, I've, I've not gone back and read, uh, it came out while I was gone with the X-Men gold. Um, and so I haven't read that one and I've only pretty much flipped through this one quickly. I'm going to sit down tonight and make a bigger read of Mm -hmm. it, but very happy that, that they're, uh, that we've got X-Men titles that are just designated by color now. <laughs> no, I, I can understand that. I said, you know, they had like a pre, uh, kind of a preview thing of all the X-Men titles that were coming that they released, I think, last week. And I handed it to Luke because they asked me at Elusive, you know, well, which ones do you want to add to your pool list? And they, my gut was none, but I said, okay, Luke, look <laughs> at it. And if there's anything that you want then let me know and we'll talk about it, you know, and, and, but he looked through it and he was like, eh, you know? So, I mean, it, it's interesting that certainly when, when I was in high school, man, the X-Men were it. Yeah. It's kind of weird to realize that, yeah, they really haven't resonated with readers in a long time. And people have blamed, have said, it's like, well, cause Fox has it. And so Marvel's kind of, you know, they're not as interested in promoting the X-Men. And I think it's, no, I think it really is readership. I think we have lost our interest, uh, you know, as a, as readers in them, and so it, it is a challenge to make it simple, make it streamlined, and bring back what we like. Um, okay, so uh, my next book, I guarantee, is not in your stack. Uh, ready from Boom Studios, God Shaper, number one, by Simon Spurrier, and uh, I challenge you to come up with an artist that has a better name than this. Jonas Goonface. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, it could be Gowan Pache, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's Goonface. <laughs> so, this is... Simon Spurrier wrote uh, Six Gun Gorilla a couple of years ago for uh, for uh, Boom Studios, and also wrote uh, X-Men Legacy, which I will freely admit uh, was a, a Legion book that I did not read. Uh, although apparently a lot of what he did uh, influenced the TV show, uh, Legion. But um, I guarantee you, uh, I'm not sure, you know, he's not quite up to you know, Grant Morrison level for me, but he's a writer who whose work is kind of like, actually, it's kind of like Jonathan Hickman. You're going to get a really unique vision and a, and a concept that it's not even a why didn't I think of that. It's like, how the heck did you come up with that? And this book is about, I did, this is the one book I read tonight. Um, and this is about a world in which in 1958, the laws of physics stopped working. So no electricity, 
nothing uh, mechanical. Instead, everybody gets their own personal god. So all commerce is done by how powerful your god is. Um, so every god has a worshiper. Every, 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 every man has a god. Every god has a man, basically. And the more you pray, the more uh, that, the, that the gods can produce beads. So everything is done that way, and everything is being... And it's also... I, it's almost like a video game concept, too, because god shapers are the people without gods who can basically respect your god. Okay. <laughs> change what their abilities are. They're shunned. They're outcasts in society. Um, but they're very necessary to society. And, and so this is following one particular god shaper, and it is so bizarre, and it reminded me, too, of reading um, a novel people don't talk about much anymore, but I had to read in college called Ridley Walker. But it's also like Clockwork Orange, is that it's got its own slang, its own patois. It's a, it's a complicated read. Um, and, I, and I just, it's totally worth rereading and totally worth getting into because this is, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw this on next year's Hugo nominations because it, it's just so bizarre and cool a concept and so well thought out that I'm going to have to read it a couple of times to even begin to get into, you know, um, and that's what comic these days, something that makes it, it's not a five minute read. It was a 10 minute read. Uh, you know, and then and then another ten minutes, and then kind of like, um, what else can you tell me? It is it is really cool. And Jonas Goonface, who is described uh, in the back of his bio as a hitchhiking anarchist artist, um, it's really cool style. It's a really is cool. Anyone style. interested in Jonas Goonface's real last name, or do you want to keep was, the legend alive? I was going to say uh, that's got to be keep a the legend alive. Oh, no, I know, I know it's not a real name. I know it's not his real name. But if he wants to, you know, hey, if he wants to be known as Goonface, who are we to stand in that way, stand in his way? I was well, better. his own his own uh, deviant art page has his real name on it. Oh, okay, no, 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 I don't want to know. Not on the air. <laughs> Let's don't make, go. Let's don't maintain look his, his professional mystique. You can tell me afterwards. Uh, I was betting that it was going to be a couple of people, like the Krusty Bunkers or something. You know. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it could be. So uh, we we don't have a third book from Nate. So I go to Rick. What was the third book in your in your bag? Okay, so we will go for the the. Uh, I won't do that one. I'll do Weapon X number one, which is a book that. I'm only I'm only saying this uh, is my pick because I'm hoping that it will be a good book because it it sure looks like it's got the potential. You get Greg Pak and Greg Greg Land as the writer and artist, and it's a pretty book. And it looks like they got the right character mix in there. Um, you know the uh, the Weapon X uh, teams have always been hit and miss for me. Um, I think that is this all Wolverines. It's no, it's you know, it's you've got uh, Domino and uh, Sabretooth and oh, okay. Wolverine and and I think Thunderbird and um, I'm trying to remember the name of the uh, the woman whose uh, hands turn into scythes. You know, it's not uh, Lady Deathstrike. It no. might it might be Lady Deathstrike. Yeah, okay. but I think there's um um yeah, it looks like it's a. A, an introduction to Weapon X, the 
the concept of Weapon X Two. I guess I think they're I think they're really trying with this reboot of all the X books to bring people in who may have seen some of the movies and they're looking for books. But given there hasn't been, you know, you had Logan, which Logan was not anything like any of these. Um, uh, no, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know where we're going on this. The, 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 you've got old man Logan, which is a pretty, pretty good book and Logan showing up in other, you know, it's almost getting to be just like Wolverine. He's showing up in all the other different books as well. Okay. Well, old habits die hard yeah. for, a, for an old mutant. Um, so, yeah, but high hopes. Go. High hopes, good. It's almost like a rebirth, if you will, of the X-Men universe. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. All right, my last book uh, for now uh, is Rose, which I really, honestly, I mean, I had to give a second look because I thought it was like set in the Jeff, Jeff Smith Bone universe. Because there had been a Rose solo book for, uh, you know. Um, so, uh, it is not. It is by Meredith Finch with art by Iguara. And uh, it is an image book that is kind of a fantasy uh, sword and sorcery about a young village girl. I mean, I, I'm sure that my description will do no justice to it because it, so- because it sounds like a standard fantasy fantasy book but you know almost like red sonia if red sonia was in a much more uh uh medieval uh fantasy world that rather than the hyborian age uh but what what got me was that there's a giant uh, black panther on the cover as well so it's almost like uh he-man meets uh meets red sonia and uh so i have not had a chance to read it but uh the pages look gorgeous, and again, something a little different from from Image, and that's uh, good to hear. So this good to see. Who are the character? Who are the writers again? The writer and character. Meredith Finch is the writer. Who isn't that? Uh, David Finch's wife. She'd done the Wonder Woman. Oh. I'm, I'm I could be wrong. Somebody write into editor at fanboyplanet.com uh, and tell me if I'm right or wrong. But um, she had cut her uh, writing teeth on Batman with David Finch, I think. Uh, but this is, you know, all her concept, and uh, it looks uh, really interesting. That's, uh, those are our recommendations. A little standard, a little uh, a little off the beaten path. Very cool. So let's talk about movies, which is dominated by comics news this week, um, which is, I think, uh, just this just in today. Uh, speaking of the of, of, of what do you call it, Weapon X uh, and X Force and characters created by by Rob Liefeld, uh, that that Fox announced who will be playing Cable in Deadpool two. Finally, um, James Brolin. I can I no, can no, it's see not it. James Brolin. Josh Brolin. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, I can still see but that. Still, Either one works, really. Yeah. Actually, you're probably right, but uh, oh gosh, I hope I didn't say that on the on the website. I got to go quickly do an edit. Um, I think you said Josh on the website. Yeah, yeah, I think I did. Yes, I did. Uh, But when I was writing the notes down really quickly, so yes, it's an interesting, interesting choice. I mean, you know, it works, and and so at some point, a competition must be had. Like, how many? I know he's pulled even with, uh, as I said, uh, with Chris Evans for playing different comic book characters. I think they both now have four. 
Yeah. And trying to figure out if there's any other actors. What's the fourth actor. Chris Evans? We got Cap, Human Torch, guy from Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim actually makes five. I forgot about his presence in that film. So uh, he was he said the Human Torch. He was he's Captain America, obviously. He was in Snowpiercer, which is based on French graphic novels. So I count that. And he was in The Losers. So, oh, my. So that makes five, you know. Um, which then I, I think uh, who, Jeffrey Dean Morgan then we should also maybe throw into the mix. But he's gone back and forth on the television for comic book, comic book roles where I think Josh Brolin and Chris Evans have both just been film roles in, in comic book adaptations. Uh, but this puts, you know, Josh Brolin as Agent K. If you count the version of Men in Black that made it to screen as uh, based on the comic, they're very different, but that's where the concept comes from, so we got to give it to him. Uh, then you go with Jonah Hex, and I apologize for the mental pain I just caused uh, Rick Schneider for reminding him that Jonah <laughs> Hex existed as a film. Uh, then Thanos, and uh, and now Cable. So I think this actually, you're right, Chris Evans is in the lead now with five. Um, but it is it, it is interesting because you've got, uh, I'm assuming, you know, one, they didn't announce when Deadpool 2 is even ready to be start filming um, because uh, I assume Josh Brolin's on the set of Avengers Infinity War right now. Uh, so he's got to finish up. I mean, we could also presume that because it's the film version, the Thanos story will end by the second Avengers Infinity War film. Um, so he would be free free up to be in, in Deadpool 2. They're still talking about doing an X-Force film, so I would kind of assume Cable would go over to that too. And uh, so smart move on Josh Brolin's part. You know, it's, fun- uh, it's funny though because your your mis mistake on James versus Josh and I was looking at pictures of James Brolin I'm thinking he actually looks a lot more like Cable. <laughs> I know, but you know, uh, I, I, I like, like in his late seventies like now. He's... I like the idea that we got like well, yeah, Cable's an old guy though, right? He's, yeah, yeah, he's supposed to be. He's a, I'm not talking about. I'm talking about the stamina of I mean, of an action character in a way that. I know, Patrick I know. Stewart can be in his seventies and play Professor X. I, and he I, just has to sit. And I'm sure Josh will get, you know, his hair will be colored white and he'll have he'll be scarred up and stuff. But it's it's kind of I'm like looking at him side by side and going, Nope, James has got it. <laughs> well, a good typo on my part. But no, it'd be it. Well, there is the built in and I don't think movies do this enough. Um you could have like something happen to cable and super age him. And put James Brolin in the role for like a couple of scenes. Oh yeah, and that would be awesome. That would be that awesome. would be awesome. <laughs> so, uh, Fox, we give this to you free. Simon <laughs> Kinberg, screenwriter of the and uh, producer of the of the X Men films, it's all yours, baby. We're we're giving this to you for free. Uh, they did it. Speaking of you know, old Josh Brolin is James Brolin. Uh, Warner Brothers announced today who young Dumbledore will be for the next Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them film. Uh, I don't know if that's actually what they're, they're going to call it. Let's say, because it's now official, it is official because I saw this at the San Jose Symphony, uh, the latest J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World film. Uh, Jude Law is going to play young Dumbledore. Which, when I place this in time, he's almost too young to me for the way that they've portrayed Dumbledore as a young man. 
You think so? Uh, as a younger character. Well, I'm trying to I, I'm trying to figure. Didn't Tom Riddle and I and I may lose Nate completely on this conversation. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I love Harry Potter. Okay, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. Uh, we just recently saw the symphony. Luke and I went and saw um, Chamber of Secrets with the, the symphony play it live. Uh, so it was kind of an interesting. I haven't rewatched that film in forever. Um, but uh, Tom Riddle, I had always in my head placed Voldemort leaving, you know, as a young man, uh, Hogwarts, as being like in the forties, in the nineteen forties. But I could be wrong. I just always assumed it was like there was at least a, a 50 year gap somehow between what had happened before. I, you know, I'm, I am probably wrong. I don't know how long it took him to rise, but they had flashed back and showed and showed Dumbledore as a younger man. And it was yeah. still played by Richard Harris. So he was, you know, already, you know, he just appeared old who can, to me. Who can say what kind of mileage he's had? In those years, yeah. I mean, you know. how well, true. do wizards get? Was Dumbledore yeah. in his hundreds? It's going to take people that are far more obsessed with Harry Potter than I am. Yeah, I, I'm not going to answer that. Question. I don't feel like getting out the ruler and drawing the timeline and stuff, going breaking oh, out the books. To. I know that I have resources um, that I have fathered at least two children. <laughs> well, I have fathered two children, not at least just two children, <laughs> but those two children. Um, at least would be able to tell me uh, without even thinking about it would be able to tell me where the flaw in my thinking is and why or why not Jude Law would be a perfect choice uh, so um, but it is an, it is a good actor an interesting choice which means that uh, Dumbledore you know it, it, Jude Law is going to go up against Johnny Depp um, because I will assume Johnny Depp is the main villain of the uh, of the second film I think you're probably right. I'm, so, I'll be interested in whether in whether they uh, they have him quaffed like uh, like we're used to seeing Dumbledore, or, or if it looked more like the Jude Law that you see on his Wikipedia page. Um, because it'd be kind of cool to see a kind of a dapper uh, a dapper Dumbledore. A dapper. I Dumbledore. would like you to. I would like to see you say Dapper Dumbledore five times fast on this podcast right now. I, um, I'd short out the mic. <laughs> Too much spit. Um, this just in, right before we started recording, I feel a strange thrill that uh, there's a, an announcement of of uh, a cast member for Aquaman playing the role of King Narius, who is like of the of, of a rival underwater kingdom, Dolph Lundgren. He will break him. Oh, he will. He, he will. must break him. He must break Jason Momoa. No, it's not going to happen. Jason Momoa is just going to... Oh, it's going to be great. Yeah. So uh, I, I think uh, that's a fantastic casting. I'm so happy to have Dolph Lundgren uh, get a, a major, major studio role like that. Uh, so, I of course, s- that assumes that Warner Brothers manages to get Aquaman made. But I, I think it's going to happen. I want to see if all the underwater folk are as tatted up as uh as uh aquaman that we've seen so far i highly doubt it (laughs) because what i think is that it's sort of like dwayne johnson now yeah uh or like arnold schwarzenegger with his accent it is just somehow (laughs) (laughs) that every character they play just happens to be heavily tattooed um just as you know every every all-american midwestern boy that arnold schwarzenegger played (laughs) 
happened to have an Austrian accent. Uh-huh. Huh. <laughs> How did that happen? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so um, we were talking earlier about Skybound. There was great news last week that Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, who, uh, of course, have done a fantastic job adapting Preacher for AMC, are turning uh, Robert Kirkman's Skybound property Invincible into a film, which I assume... Love it. The, yeah, I was going to say the high-pitched squeal that I heard strangely reverberating throughout the Santa, uh, throughout the San Fernando Valley last week was probably you reading that news. So, <laughs> just uh, yes, I'm uh, I'm heartbroken that the comic book series is coming to an end. I'm kind of surprised because I thought I remember him giving an interview at Comic Con one year saying Invincible was one that he felt he could turn over to another team and was interested well, in doing that. Yeah, maybe he will. Who knows? Who knows if he'll kill everybody or not? I mean, he's they had the Invincible side book, the uh, Guarding the Globe, and then they had to change the name, and it was... I liked it, but I guess it didn't sell well enough to keep it going. Well, as I say, the thing is, there are so many titles, so much to choose from, and you know, Marvel has talked, to, has had their sales going down, while DC is going up with Rebirth. But you know, this reality is, there's just so much to keep track of. It, it and I shouldn't even say keep track of it. You just walk into a store, and and you can walk into three stores on a Wednesday, and they will have three different selections. A lot will overlap, but there will be books at each store that you did not see at any other one. And you know, so it, it, it's hard. It's hard. Um, I think the other thing that made me squee this week was the dropping of the Thor Ragnarok trailer. Drop it. Yeah. Fantastic. I'm very The excited. trailer is awesome. I just wish that they would have held on to two of the scenes in the trailer for the movie. He's a friend from work. That one and the one where uh, Thor's hammer is stopped. Oh, yeah. That's a movie scene. That's not a trailer scene. That's true. Uh, I suspect it's an act one scene. I think they're both act one scenes. Still. I, yeah, I understand, but this is the nature of, of trailers. And at least, uh, you know, I, I have higher hopes that, you know, the last time I, I, res- I, I was this blown away by a trailer was probably uh, Suicide Squad. So I feel that <laughs> Thor Ragnarok is going to give me a better actual movie-going experience than Suicide Squad did. If I was a gambling yeah. man, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was. So, I was just totally happy with the spirit of Jack Kirby through the whole thing, and and Greg Pak, and, you know, the, his his vision of uh, of Hulk World and Sakar, yeah, yeah uh, and and just. I love the fact that Hela comes out with a headdress that's almost as wide as she is tall and that she does like this amazing kick warrior stomp kick flip wearing it. Um, well, I hadn't even thought about this, but one of the stories I saw this morning is a realization that Kate Blanchett that Hela is the first um, female villain in the Marvel movies. Huh. And that... And that it's interesting, while people have not liked the Thor movies as much, the villains from the Thor movies are the ones that everybody talks about. Yeah. You know, it, it's Loki, and, and now I think everybody's going to be talking about Halo. 
Well, so we had the we had the, the dark elf too. You know? Malachith. Yeah. Not Nobody talks about Malachith. Yeah. He was thrown away. You know, and we have slightly differing opinions on the dark world, but I think we can we can all agree that Christopher Eccleston took that role with the assumption that he would be allowed to do something really cool with it, and I I don't think you know that they, they let that Malachith be anything. It was uh, just angry. The character was written sterile. It was uh, yeah yeah. But, but a little Easter egg that I caught, that I was informed of last night um, is if you freeze uh, on Sakar, the uh, behind Jeff Goldblum as the uh, games master on the big couch. Is, yes, behind him, there's like a, a whole skyline, and in the far back is basically um, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, mission breakout. The, the Disney ride? ride is there. Oh my! <laughs> the building is visible behind him, which, wow. in a weird way, kind of made me feel like, oh, so maybe. And I haven't been down to see. I, I don't know how much is is actually visible as they're redoing it right now for the May opening. But it did make me think, like, wait a minute, did they actually like pull that from a Kirby design? In which case, I'd be kind of impressed if we're actually going to get a ride that's that looks like a Jack Kirby creation. Yeah. Even though Kirby didn't have anything to do with Guardians of the Galaxy. But it's still kind of cool, like, oh, there's there's some love there. I know that Joe Rohde, the guy that's that um, is in charge of that ride, is a huge, huge Kirby fan, because I follow him on Instagram, and he posts Kirby art from time to time and talks about what an influence that was. So, you know, on him. So it's, it's you know, it's quite possible. It's kind of interesting. Um other things that I, you know, just have to say, uh, as I mentioned, Suicide Squad um, and Aquaman and hoping that Aquaman will happen. Who knows with the Flash? But it does look like right now Warner Brothers and DC Films has on track for Batman's 80th anniversary in 2019 four Batman family movies scheduled for release. Bad Nightwing, idea. Nightwing, Batgirl, written and directed by Joss Whedon. Gotham Sirens and the Batman. I, I think I'll, I'll I'll disagree with Nate a little bit. I am not excited about this, but I am excited about the potential of each one of these standing on their own and not needing yes. a scene with Batman in them. And I am hoping that Nightwing, Bat, Batgirl, and Gotham Sirens will all be without the Dark Knight because I'd, no, I'd like no, to, they will all have a scene with Batman. In I them. would just love to see them stand on their own because they could. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I would I would pishaw at you. However, you did wish so hard. You're like you're like a little kid in Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> oh, please, oh, you please, did oh, wish so hard yeah. for Spider-Man to appear in an Avengers film, and I yeah. thought that was never going to happen. So your wish that Batman won't appear in a in a Bat Batman <laughs> related film. Sounds silly on the on the surface, but it could happen. It could of, happen. A lot of people ended up in that cornfield. Uh, <laughs> oh, and sure, Rick, it's a very good thing <laughs> they did. Uh, yeah, Rick's going to make television later tonight, Nate. If you want to come over, we're going to have popcorn and watch dinosaurs. Um, so anyway, uh, this weekend, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of information coming out that the Star Wars celebration is happening. And uh, so we don't really have any solid stories, except that there are a lot of toys being announced and some really cool things. Uh, but I think there's going to be a lot of Last Jedi news. 
that will that will come out of this and um, and possibly young Han Solo. I mean, I, I don't think we talked about how maybe we did that Robert Iger got headlines a couple weeks ago for confirming that uh, young Han Solo was going to be about young Han Solo. And I think CNN <laughs> picked that up as a as a national news story. That's it was a shocking. slow news hour because yeah. there are no slow news days anymore. But, Has uh, <laughs> everyone uh, gone on Omaze and made their donation to try to win? I have not yet. All the crazy stuff they're giving away. But you know, I, no. But I do think the biggest news that has come out this week about Star Wars is that Episode Nine will have footage of Carrie Fisher. That uh, Carrie's uh, brother and her daughter—it's uh, basically the Carrie Fisher estate—gave permission to Disney to use unused footage that she shot for seven and eight and, and they can digitally alter. They've all agreed that they're not going to create a CG version of her. Good. But, uh, the, but that they will truly finish her part of the story. So they'll do a, they'll do a, a crow for the 21st century. I hope better than that. Well, I'm just why I'm saying 21st century, the technology's come a long ways. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 I think so. So you know, and it is interesting. I would also bet that honestly, if it goes well, that um, they would, um, that the estate might change their minds completely and say, go ahead and do a digital version of her. I don't want to see it, but I wouldn't be surprised if we hear that in a year or two. But uh, we, we shall see. Um, there was also another one that came up: is that there's rumors of Rosario Dawson. Uh, in the running to do a, 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 an Ahsoka solo film, huh. once you run out of, se- of of you know the the Skywalker saga with Episode Nine, they're looking for other you know other characters to spin off into solo films, and uh, she's interested. I'm I'm trying to have I'm trying to wrap my head around it. I'm not quite there, but like I guess I just you know. It's again, Rebels is on that I must watch list. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I haven't done it yet. And as we're transitioning to TV, because I did start diving back into the expanse today, so we can say that, you know, uh, at Bacon, uh, we are going to get to interview uh, the creators of the expanse. And so I'm going back into season one, which is available on Amazon Prime right now. Uh, and season two, I can eventually binge on Sci Fi's uh, website. And I'm so, reading, and I'm reading the fourth book. Excellent. So you can talk about the books, uh, and I, I should be able to freshly talk about the television series, um, rather than, admittedly, the awkward time I met them at Califray One and said, "Oh yeah, yeah, Rick loves you guys. I, I'm a little behind. Oh well, how far behind are you? I, uh, I started watching the first episode. <laughs> so, I went back today and watched the first episode." And my God, it's good. Um, and we should also say, since there's a little time ahead, if you're going to the Silicon Valley Comic Con, that we will be doing the podcast live on Sunday at 4 p.m. That's, uh, I think, April 23rd. Um, so we're in one so of the rooms? Room 111. Easy to remember at this Excellent. point. At least, that's what, at least that's what it is right now. They did say, you know, of course, all programming is subject to change, but there's that's where we are scheduled. Um this is uh, uh, not next week. This is next weekend? No. Uh, not weekend. this weekend, but next weekend, yes. Um, There's so... a 3% chance right now that I could be in town. Okay, well, 
we'll hold on to that 3% chance, Nate. We do have a, uh, at least one guest uh, lined up. I don't want to announce yet because I do have to write back and, and uh, say, you're sure you want to do this? I mean, you know who we are, right? Um, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then see. And then there's another that I would really dearly like to get on the, the podcast. And, and uh, it is also a possibility, you know, so we will just uh, figure out, but we will be doing a live podcast at, at the convention. And for me, this is a good breakthrough. You know, I to say we will be at Silicon Valley comic con, kind of the hometown con- convention and to formally do the podcast. There is going to be really fun. So yep. very excited about that. Let's talk a little bit more about uh, TV, uh, which is, I uh, just want to go quick uh, that there's been confirmation that for those of you who were fans of young justice, Season three has begun voice recording and talk about fan. And this is like Rick wishing for a, a Batman less Gotham city movie. Young justice was originally on cartoon network. It was canceled mid storyline. Uh, after the second season, there had been rumors that it was going to come back and then they said, no, it's dead. And I do want to say cartoon network has an uneasy relationship with, uh, with DC shows because hmm. green lantern ended early you know, all that. But anyway, it did so well on Netflix that uh, Warner Brothers realized that there was an audience for a third season. And I know part of this is the politics of Cartoon Network, owns its little piece of things. The only thing that's, that it's kept alive is Teen Titans Go. And, uh, you know, but, they, but Netflix is going to bring back a third season of Young Justice. It is underway. And I should point, and the reason I, I had this thing about Teen Titans Go is if anybody's watching Justice League action, they have not announced if that's going to get a second season yet. And they made, they made their uh, next season announcements and Justice League Action wasn't on it, and yet everybody watches, who has watched that show has loved that show. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen it. It's just fun. It's straightforward. It's like if you, you, know, if, if you were bothered about, the, about character interaction and just wanted to get to the action, that's what Justice League Action is. Hey, you know, and you've got Mark Hamill as Swamp Thing. <laughs> And now I'm sold. Um, yeah, I know. I know. It's, it's totally worth it. So. I, we should talk about man thing too. Um, but yeah, you, you, you glossed over uh, green lantern, which that was a shame that, that, that got canceled. That was a good series. It was a really good series. It was better. It was better. It was so much better than the movie. Um, Shh. And, yes. and it had complex, well, fairly complex storylines and uh, ongoing. It was, it really wrote it into an arc of uh of story i know the longer we talk about it the more we're going to make steve mix cry so i don't want to do that yeah. uh, <laughs> but uh but it's worth you know if people haven't watched that it's worth seeking out and watching binging it is it was a it was a it was a good series i i want to again put in for justice league action because uh Patton oswald played space cabbie oh nice and so i've got to say again another uh character i didn't think i'd ever see in animation there it is. Have, have, um, have you caught up on Agents of Shield anywhere near close to where it currently is? I've uh, no, the last thing I saw was the revelation of who Jefferson Pierce was, which I knew. You know, I mean, it, it is secret. Um, so I have not really caught up on the LMD stuff, and I need to because I'm hearing it's fantastic. There's, there's a. Uh, you mentioned Patton Oswald, and there's and then Patton Oswald comes back. Yeah, he comes back. And comes back and come back. You know, it's it's just when you thought you knew what that character was about, they twist you again. So um, uh, it, it's it's there. He must add a I, ton uh, of fun. 
but I am proud that I, I managed to finish Luke Cage because by finishing Luke Cage, I was able to uh, th- then go back and uh, be more resentful of Iron Fist. Uh, so, <laughs> because Luke Cage was ended so well, but uh, I want to talk about things that are actually coming that are coming back this weekend. We've got Doctor Who returning this weekend. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. We lost Nate right there, but um, with a plot line not not in the first episode of this season, which is appropriately called the pilot, uh, <laughs> to get people excited about Doctor Who again. But uh, a team up that was actually hinted at. And I don't think people have really talked about this in the press. It was hinted at in Gallifrey One last year, which is that if we if we have crossover episodes with various doctors, of course, why have we not seen a crossover with in different incarnations of the Master? So we're we're going to get John Sims back as the Master, teaming up with Missy. Uh, to make Peter Capaldi's Thirteenth Doctor's life uh, absolutely miserable, so and they're both hitting on him. On him. Yeah. Be, oh, I hadn't even thought about it. Woo-hoo. Uh Titillating. Uh, the other thing coming this weekend is on Stars Network, American Gods. One of my coworkers got to see it early at a Ooh. sneak premiere. Oh, how was it? Uh, he said he really liked it. He said it was extremely graphic. Okay. There are some parts of that book that uh, are very graphic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some sacrifices so I would say to be they made. probably uh, were true to the books. Book. Yes. Whatever. Cool. Hey, come on. <laughs> I'm just trying to get I just would not have have said that Nate was going to contribute to that. I'm just so impressed. So, <laughs> well, no, he's been reading the novel to Mary Jane as a bedtime story. Of course, yes. Each after each night, uh, uh, and she hasn't slept in three months. <laughs> so. Excellent. Uh, well, there we go. Uh, that's all we've got for the for this week. Uh, next week, um, we shall we shall be back. I don't know if we'll have Nate back or not. I, I can't make promises because he's a busy man and we're happy that he is, but it's great to have you back tonight. And, I appreciate uh, being back. So again, uh, if you we have, should have a... say two things. Well, one thing really, we lost Charlie Murphy today to leukemia. So F you cancer. I, uh, yeah, I have nothing to say to that. Um, except that I agree with your sentiment. So, uh, and I've, I've one other thing to add. We've talked about it a lot. Um, but I'd be remiss in not stating that if you want to find out more about Worldcon, uh, you can go to, uh, world, uh, pardon me. Worldcon 76 is easy to find. It's worldcon76.org on the internet. And, uh, if I only had a computer in front of me, I could find the, uh, the one for Helsinki, but it's a little late to be planning a trip to Helsinki right now. It's, yeah. Uh, here yeah. it is. It's, it's uh, worldcon.fi is, okay. uh, is the Helsinki. That's for July in Helsinki, Finland. It's August, uh, August 2017. August, August, sorry. And, uh, the voting has to be done by the end of yes. end of July. Yes. I, I paid attention for the first time this year. Uh, so anyway, uh, yes, thank you, Rick, for calling out the website for Worldcon 76. We hope to see you there. 
everyone. And um, anyway, so that's it. If you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, once again, write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Derek McCaw. I'm Dave Costa. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use your powers only for good. good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Derek McCaw. I'm Dave Costa. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to... Use your powers only for food. Use your Use your powers. Sorry, Rick. <laughs> We've learned, though, Nate. I forgot to tell you that. Yeah. To, for for Rick, as we say it all separately. Yeah. And then he can sync it all up. Because we got it. Because right right now there's a little lag in us hearing each other. So yes. so don't. I know you want to say it all dragged out, but say it in the pacing we usually do. All right, you guys go first, and then I'll go last so I can get the correct pacing. Okay. Use your powers only for good. Use your powers only for good. Use your powers only for good.